0: Welcome to the God and Cancel Culture podcast. I'm Stephen Strang. Cancel culture is a real problem, and we're going to address it today on this edition of God and Cancel Culture podcast. I'm interviewing an expert on this subject. Her name is Heather Higgins, and she is a friend who is doing some amazing things and ways that you can be involved and finally... We have a strategy to try to stand up to this cancel culture, which I believe is so dangerous. You don't want to miss my conversation with Heather Higgins. I'm happy today to be able to interview Heather Higgins of the Independent Women's Voice, who's doing something so important. I wanted to uh, record this podcast. It has to do with cancel culture, which you know is very close to my heart because I've written a book about it and it continues. In fact, in my opinion, it seems to have gotten worse. I actually finished the book on April 30th, as I recall, and so many things have happened since. And Heather, I'm just impressed that you have set up some websites and you actually have a strategy. Now, I've had occasion to work to talk to you before and work with you in different ways. And that's why I wanted to let you use my platform to tell people what do you think can be done to push back on cancel culture, especially as as it has to do with Christians and Christianity.
1: Steve, you are so wonderful to say those very nice things. And I really appreciate you putting me on this podcast. So that your listeners know, there's one part of this three-part strategy that uh, is already live and they can go to, and the other two pieces are almost ready to launch but they're going, your listeners are going to be incredibly important to its success. The, let's start by talking about the problems with the cancel culture. The first thing is you'll notice there's this sort of strange silence on the part of the conservative elective leaders who you would think would be making a big issue of this. And part of the reason for that is that they... They don't quite know what to say. It's sort of a large and amorphous issue that's hard to put into a soundbite and it's difficult to explain. At the same time, you have a lot of companies being pressured to engage in these policies, which are really toxic and harmful to people in and of themselves. They're being sold as the sort of uh, the panacea and the good thing to do, but in fact, they're going to be so hurtful to so many people. So what I decided to do was first make the issue something that is easy to articulate and easy to explain which side you are on. And that was by creating something called the free speech pledge. It's something that individuals can sign. It's something that companies can sign to explain why they're not going to engage in the discrimination of uh, against different viewpoints and they're going to be tolerant of different viewpoints and they're not going to engage in the bigotry of cancel culture. It's something that even politicians should, should sign. Uh, and where the contrast will come is when some politicians don't want to sign it because it says that not only do you support the First Amendment, but that you also understand the importance of speech to the larger society. If you think about it, if you don't have that First Amendment speech protection, you don't have any of your rights. Rights are not enforceable without the capacity for free speech. Similarly, we don't approach truth as a, as a society or as a business or as in anything else, unless you have the corrective of hearing other points of view and other pieces of information. You know, so It really make- is
0: bigotry. I'm glad that you use that word. It's not very often talked about in this sense, but You know, there's been cancel culture throughout history. When I speak on it and in my book, I say this, of course, from the Romans trying to cancel Christianity through every tyrant, that's going on around the world. But in America, we have a constitution and a first amendment. And it would have been unthinkable a generation ago to take a whole class of people, like let's say back in the days of segregation, that radio would have not let any black people have a program I mean, that's a kind of cancellation based on, you know, a group of people and what they're, they're canceling conservatives, which includes Christians. It's not just toward Christianity. I'm concerned about Christianity because I'm a Christian. And I believe that the ultimate goal of this is moving us towards some kind of socialism, which is always atheistic. And the fact is that if the Christians don't stand up and speak, the other conservatives will feel sorry for us, but they're not going to speak up on our behalf. And ultimately, they're trying to cancel what I believe is the Christian Judeo ethic, the word of God, and which influences conservatives. Conservatives kind of come from that perspective, whether they're religious or not. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah. Now, as Chesterton said, if you don't believe in God, it's not that you believe in nothing. It's that you can believe in anything. So wokeness becomes a religion. Um, climate change becomes a religion. Uh, The desire to censor other points of view really flows from that conviction that they have some sort of doctrinal truth when they don't. Or from political expediency, as we've seen over and over again. And it's cloaked in this veneer of virtue, but it isn't virtue, it's sin. So the first project is the Free Speech Pledge, and people can actually go to freespeechpledge.com. And they can sign it, and they can encourage elected representatives to sign it. If you've got a business and you want to explain why you're not engaging in cancel culture, that's a useful thing to sign. The two other projects get to the even thornier problems of taking on cancel culture. Right now, if you think about it, if somebody gets canceled, assuming it even gets any press attention at all, it's a one-day story. It's ephemeral. It disappears. Maybe you've got one or two examples in the story of other things that are nearly identical, but they're from the other side of the approved part of the perspective, and those survive. But the hypocrisy of this, the failing to hold themselves to their own standards, disappears in the ether. Plus, you have no way of knowing if anybody else complained about it or if anything was ever done about it. So the first website that we are about to launch very soon... Under the umbrella of the anti-bigotry alliance is called Same Rules for All. And that will say we may not agree with the rules posted by this social media company or this business or this educational institution or even this church. But this is their standard, and it is up to the rest of us if we know of things that violate their rules within their spheres to help them apply their rules fairly. And it will allow people to post examples that ought to fall under their policies and be treated the same way the things that they canceled or the people who lost their jobs were treated, and it will allow other people to come see these posts and upvote if they think that, in fact, this is a violation. So you start to have a tabulation that you can see of all the people that have complained, and you start to have a library of all the instances by institution that violate these terms. That's gonna create a lot of pressure on these companies to behave better and behave more fairly. If they want to have these rules, they should apply them fairly. The second project is unfairlycanceled.com. And unfairly cancelled is something that we wanted to create because so many of these stories of cancellation, and I know you've interviewed so many people who've been canceled, Steve. You know how many of them are not big names. They're not household names. There are people who are just like us, where nobody would, well, you no, know, you're a big deal, but like the rest of us, where if they're canceled, nobody would know about it. If they lose their livelihoods, nobody knows about it. And, and- it's hard
0: to kind of pin down. I mean, some of the stories, you wonder if they're apocryphal
1: or not. You
0: know, like <laughs> somebody wore the wrong T-shirt with the wrong candidate's name on it and gets canceled. I heard about somebody who... Ah, uh, forward some a link critical of China and his big corporation did a lot of business with china and and there was pressure to get rid of him, and they did. But I mean, how could they, you know, it, it's fairly innocent thing to forward a link? And uh, in my book, I tell about this story about a pastor in Alabama, the largest church in Alabama, who merely clicked like on his Twitter feed of some conservative articles, and there was some woke person in the school board or the school system that just thought it was terrible that he was a conservative and made a big deal, so much so that they had all kinds of satellite churches, uh, many of which uh, uh, were like in school gymnasiums, and the school board actually rescinded the right to have it because the pastor liked some tweets that were not the same political persuasion as his critics and it was a big hubbub and actually the school board backed off i thought the church handled it very very well but i mean what is more innocent are we now afraid to like a tweet because someone is going to take aim at us and people can't fight back you know the church was very humble and said look the school board has a right to let whoever they want to use their facilities and the church went on as a huge church but I just thought that was such an example. I mean, who would have thought? I would have never thought. And hopefully this website will help to publicize these and help the people to network and that we hold the other side to the, you know, they talk about being so tolerant, but they're anything but. And I've done a little bit, a study of Saul Aliski's book, Rules for Radicals. And he, he actually used some of this. He he told his people to hold our side To our own standards, and you know, here you have people on the left who have no interest at all in biblical standards. But boy, you have a Christian leader do anything that violates Christianity, even though it's probably things that their critics do all the time. You know, they make this big deal about what a hypocrite they are, and maybe they should. You know, we, we Christians need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. There's no question about it. But just elaborate on that a little bit because I think that you have some very clear thinking on the subject.
1: Thank you. Well, I mean, that's part of my theory is just calling somebody a hypocrite doesn't tend to really change the, the circumstance. But when somebody is not applying their own rules to themselves, so if a corporation has a certain standard, and they don't adhere to it, and you find out that there's a repeated pattern of them not following their own rules, that's gonna create media pressure, that's going to create pressure on their brand, Uh, that is gonna create legal causes of action for people who were unfairly treated by this unequal application of their rules. That should give us a chance to actually start showing the harms of this. And similarly, another story, there's a guy named Manuel Cafferty, who works for San Diego Gas and Electric, somebody took a picture of his arm as he was driving his truck and they claimed it was a white power symbol and the man lost his job. It still hasn't been reinstated. So one of the features of it unfairly can
0: how a picture of an arm means anything.
1: Because, so a bunch of kids, I think largely on Reddit, love to troll the left. And they decided that one of the things that was so obviously stupid was that they would claim that the OK sign of doing that, which means OK to any normal human being, that somehow that was a white power symbol. So they started the left claiming that all these things were white power symbols. So the guy was cracking his knuckles. The man who took the photograph has since retracted his claim that it was a white power symbol against a Hispanic worker. Um, And. So, But the guy still has not gotten his job. So one of the things we're going to do, because we have the technology to do this, is when people come to the site, first, we're going to verify the stories. Because as you say, there's a lot of stuff going around that's apocryphal and not true. I mean, you see it now with what's going on in Ukraine, and you've seen it all along this year. Both sides have, are, have lots of stories that are being shared that are not accurate. We want to share things that are accurate and where real people are being hurt. Uh, very unfairly. And when we've vetted them and we've posted them, then the people who come to the website, if they want to take action and send a message to San Diego Gas and Electric, will only have to hit a button. And every board member will get a letter from that person saying, this is really appalling. You need to reinstate his job and not be making these decisions based on these criteria, which are so bigoted and discriminatory.
0: You know, I'm not for people doing white power symbols, although I'm not even sure But the
1: point is it wasn't a white power symbol. He was cracking his knuckles. It It was just in somebody's imagination. I mean, part of the problem we've got as a society is that we have shifted from any sense of objective harm based on an intention to harm to the subjective views of the person who perceived the slight or perceived the harm, even if it wasn't there. That is an untenable standard for any system of justice. If it's just in the mind of the beholder, what recourse does anybody ever have if somebody wants to claim some harm? It's just toxic. It really is counter to any notion of fairness or objective evaluation of whether harm was ever meant by something, which is so important, that intentionality. I mean, we do have different degrees of of harm. Sometimes there's unintentional harm, but the law takes that into account. But to have the intention be decided by the person who's on the receiving end, who imagines that a word was meant as a slight, or that a gesture was meant as a slight, or that the criteria is whether or not they feel uncomfortable, you know, it quickly slips from hate speech being something that's hateful to being something that I hate. And that's not a viable standard.
0: That's a very good observation. You know, it seems in a way like things are getting worse and worse. And
1: sometimes we feel like the little Dutch boy with his finger in the dike. You know, Well, there haven't been consequences yet, right? So why wouldn't they get worse? Every successful effort to cancel somebody and to engage in that bigotry is its own reward when it works. So it, it becomes a very nasty cycle where Those who engage in this behavior feel that there are no adverse consequences to it. We need to create adverse consequences for being so harmful and poisonous in our society.
0: So, you know, thank God you have this strategy, but this is a fairly short podcast, but just kind of walk us through the strategy. First of all, is to put people on notice. You know, there's some things, if they're ridiculous, uh, deeds are known, they're embarrassed, and they move, you know, move away from it. It also lets people know that they can't just keep doing this without uh, people finding out about it and pushing back. In a way, the whole conservative movement is trying to do this. And I had a friend from Australia, which is far, far, far left of our country, say that You know, they're conservative people in Australia, but over the years, they have not pushed back, at least in our country. They've kind of pushed back. And during Reagan and, of course, with Trump, you know, there was some shift in that country. I just thought it was a very interesting observation, never living in Australia. But I'm glad that people are pushing back. But it just seems harder and harder. I mean, here, who is stronger than Donald Trump? Yet they canceled him. They cancel the president of the United States from Twitter. You know, that's like the phone company taking away his telephone or the electric company saying we're going to turn off the power in the White House because we don't agree with the president. I exactly. mean, these, these big corp, uh, tech giants, as we call them, are really public utilities. But, of course, that's a discussion for another day.
1: No, they want us to imagine that they're publishers, so then they've got an excuse to not publish anybody. unless. And of course, I am a publisher,
0: and there's all kinds of people I wouldn't publish, of course. But Uh, that's
1: your right. That's the point. As a publisher, the difference is that they are platforms. And so they are trying to paddle on both sides of the fence. They're trying to be platforms, but also have some of the discretion of a publisher. And that doesn't work. Any book we would
0: turn down the person of course can go to another publisher or publish it themselves. And of course there are people we don't agree with at all. Uh, and they have the right, you know, we're not eliminating their right to, to speak their mind to whatever audiences they tend to have. So what is the strategy? And I guess, how can we get it to get some traction? That's what I'm wanting to do is in in our own small way, help get traction when something turns, It starts with a few small things, and then it begins to grow.
1: Well, the strategy at bottom, I think, is one of accountability and consequence, because right now there is neither. Uh, And if I wanted to add a third piece to that of how you create that accountability and consequence, it's by improving awareness, because right now it's a very obscure black box with a lot of individual harm, much of which never sees sunlight. So putting sunlight on what's really going on and how uh, unfair it is and how bigoted it is, I think will help us a lot. So the first step is for me to finish raising the money I need to raise so I can put the other two websites on. But what people can do right now is to go to freespeechpledge.com, share that with their friends, uh, send an email to independentwomensvoice.com. You can find the links on the website saying that you know, once these sites are up, they wanna be alerted so that they can help participate in the crowdsourcing of information and sharing and commenting on what other people have put up. And that the grassroots army of good Americans is ultimately our best single resource in po- pushing back against this tyranny of elitists who don't wanna hear any point of view other than their approved position of the moment even if it's going to be different six months from now.
0: Interesting insight. And I know you well enough to know that you are a Christian. And, you know, this is a problem in our culture, Christian or not, as we referred to earlier. But how can Christians particularly get involved? And how can we defend our Christian uh, religious rights, which seem to be taken away? It's you know, it's almost like they cancel the Christians and Christians tend to be nice people who try to be humble and t- often take the path of least resistance. Uh, very often do we fight back. And of course, we don't want to use unscriptural uh, or unchristian methods. So from a Christian point of view, as we wrap up the podcast, I want to give you the last word.
1: From a Christian point of view, I would say that we are being helpful and charitable To help these institutions apply their own rules to themselves so that they themselves can see the error of their rules and hopefully change them and change this and share the stories of people who've been adversely affected by this. So right now there's there's a collection effort going on by the staff at Independent Women's Voice uh, to collect stories of people who've been hurt. So if anyone in your audience knows of stories send us an email and we will try to verify them and we can populate the website with those so that when we launch, those stories are already there of people who have been harmed or the ways in which things are still up that shouldn't be up according to the terms of service of these, whether it's a a Twitter, you know, or other social media site, whether it's a company like Disney that fires one person, because they used the, the Nazi analogy in a tweet, but not another, um, whether it's a uh, a religious institution that wouldn't keep somebody on because they were uh, not bowing to woke orthodoxy, you know, there's a, there are many stories out there, and our goal is to become a library and a resource.
0: Well, good for you, and with my God and Cancer Culture website, I'm going to try to give people a platform one by one by one to tell their stories. And so we're going to work with you and thank you so much. We will
1: do our best to make those stories easily shareable.
0: That's right, because a lot of it is people just knowing what's going on and also to realize that there are people such as you and Independent Women's Voice who are providing leadership. That's what's so seriously lacking is is leaders who are doing something and then hopefully we'll get kind of a bandwagon effect going and achieve some of these goals. So thank you so much uh, for what you are doing. And thank you for fitting in this interview today.
1: I'm happy to do so. Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you will sign the pledge as I have done. We need to stand together. We need to get involved. As Heather explained so well, this is evolving, and as she gets funding, she's going to continue to expand the website and to be involved, and I've promised her that I will do everything I can to be involved as well. So thank you for listening today. Please get involved. Please check out my book, God and Cancer Culture. It's half price right now. I'm trying to move some copies through my own website, which is Steve Strang Books com. That's my name, Steve Strang, books with an S. It's all pushed together like it's one word, com. And you can get my God and Cancel Culture book for half price. My other books are available. There's a little pull-down menu for God and Donald Trump and the other books. Please check out the book, read it, get involved. You know, sooner or later, we're all going to be canceled, and we have to— equip ourselves we have to stand up to it hopefully we can turn the tide together we can do so much more than we can do separately thank you for listening to the god and cancel culture podcast share it with friends let's let's make this go viral I've had several podcasts go viral lately and I need your help to do it I'm Stephen strang god bless you